Hey church, we are in our second installment of our Light Night series. We're going to talk about the helmet of salvation today. And we're going to be out of Isaiah 59, as you read earlier. And, and this passage talks about two pieces of armor, actually, but we're just going to focus on the helmet of salvation. We'll deal with the breastplate, the, the breastplate of righteousness in a couple weeks. Uh, so just let me give you some context for this book and the context for our series. So in this book, in the book of Isaiah, uh, this is pre-exile. So Isaiah is a prophet to the Israelites, to the nation of Israel, before the Assyrian invasion, the Assyrian exile. And he's prophesying before that time. And light is a major theme if not the major theme, but it's a major theme throughout the book of Isaiah. And, and remember, there's three things in this series in each sermon that we want to talk about. There's awareness, which is also identi- your identity in Christ. There's abundance, which is your destiny in Christ to, to live that, that abundant life. And there's authority, and that's your influence. And, and all those three things go with putting on the full armor of God. And, and so throughout this book, like I said, light is one of the big motifs throughout the book of Isaiah. And, and so that's undergirding everything we're going to talk about today. And, and so here's, here's a question I've, I've gotten before that I just want to pose to you guys to, for you to think about uh, in the next few seconds. Um, and, and so two, two ways to think about it. Um, so what is what what is spiritual and what is not spiritual? Or or maybe this is a better way to phrase it. Like we've been talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about um, being more aware of of the of the spiritual world, but really your awareness is your in your identity in Christ. But maybe this is a better way to phrase it. How how do you know that it's spiritual warfare? And how do you know your, what you're coming up against, an illness, a, a hard time at work, um, a, cer- a certain circumstance, uh, you know, your thoughts, your, your emotional state, your, whatever it is, how do you know that spiritual warfare? How do you know that conflict you had is spiritual warfare? How do you know that guy who cut you off on the road, that spiritual warfare? How do you know the, the person who um, was supposed to give you good customer service but who... <laughs> who was bad uh, was spiritual warfare. Like, how, how do you know? Well, let me give you an, uh, an, an illustration. So we're going to throw a graphic up on the screen, and it's going to show the visible light spectrum along with the light spectrum. And so you can see here in this graphic that um, the top part of it has all of the, has the entire light spectrum. It has gamma rays and x-rays and, and infrared rays and TV and FM and, and all, all that is in the top brackets there. And, and you see that the colored part of it, the, the rainbow part of it, right in the middle is, is very small and then it's brought out big at the bottom there because that is the visible part of the light spectrum that we can see. And so that's only what is visible to the naked eye is, is that little colored piece in the middle, that little sliver, and then it's expanded on this graphic to show you what, what that all represents. And, and so um, this is natural, guys. This is natural light. All of this is there, right? Our eyes can only see that small piece, 
Uh, but here's the thing. That doesn't mean that x-rays don't exist, or microwaves, or gamma rays. Right? It doesn't mean that infrared rays don't exist. Just because we can't see them, they're still there. Here's, here, here's something else. It wasn't, until, it wasn't until 1900 that some of these were discovered. So we may not have been aware of it existing. We may not have known it existed, but it didn't mean it did not exist. But now that we were aware that radio waves and gamma rays existed, we've done a lot with those over the past 120 years. And so take a look at this picture again. And think about it like this for us. The entire world as God created it is the, vis is, sorry, is the light spectrum. So we're going to talk about the brackets as the light spectrum and then the colored part as the visible spectrum. So the entire world is the light spectrum. The visible spectrum is what we can actually see with our eyes. And that's the physical world. That means that if that little tiny piece is the physical world and the actual entire light spectrum is all of the world, is the real world, is, is the spiritual, physical, is, is everything, right? Is the entire world. That means that there's a lot going on that we can't see. I mean, even think about if we could see the entire light spectrum, we would just see light going everywhere, right? Waves and rays going everywhere. It might be, it might be a little overwhelming, actually. Um, and there's so much going on in the spiritual world, which is the real world, the world we live in. Right? We only live in, a lot of us only live with what we can see. Uh, but there's so much going on that we don't see or that we're not aware of. But what we end up doing is kind of what this graphic tends to do. Uh, because if you just look at this graphic, it, it almost makes the visible light, well, it does make the visible light as big as the, the entire light spectrum. Like it stretches out that little tiny sliver into as big as the spectrum. So it makes us think we're seeing a lot more than we actually are. And what we tend to do in the, in the, the spiritual, physical world is we tend to do that. We tend to take what we can actually see, the physical world, and make it the entire world. When there's an entire world that God created that we can't see with the naked eye, unless he, unless he allows us to. And so some of you guys may have seen some things in the spiritual world before, angels and demons, and, and you may see or, or, feel, or feel things that um, you know, God has gifted you to, to sense or feel. Um, I've seen some pretty, pretty uh, uh, weird um, things and um, and there's like glimpses into the rest of the spectrum right and and there are glimpses into that spiritual world and I've seen some beautiful things too and those are glimpses into that world that we that we don't see it's like second Kings chapter 6 with with Elisha and his servant where Elisha sees uh, physically they see that there's this massive army that's going to come against them and uh, the servant is freaking out, and Elisha says, Lord, open his eyes. And then when he does, he sees the chariots of fire, the Lord's army, 
there that's that's much greater more magnificent than this physical army and so um the physical what we tend to do is we take what we see physically and make that our entire world but guys there's so much going on behind the scenes like it's like it and and so back to our question how do you know if it's spiritual warfare well for me I always assume it's spiritual warfare. And what, what's, like, what, what's the harm in that, right? It, we like, we kind of have to experiment because we can't, we can't see, right? And, and I think it's, it's good to do that. It's good to say, well, God, if this, is, if this is of the enemy, I speak in the authority of Jesus Christ against it, right? It, it's, and if it wasn't the enemy, well, you didn't lose anything, right? But if it was, man, you gained a whole lot, um, so I always assume, I start with the assumption that it's spiritual warfare because I assume there's so much more that I can't see. I assume that what I see physically is only a sliver and there's so much more out there that I cannot see. There's so much more I haven't been told. There's so much more that I don't know. And so for most people, too, when they come to me and they have issues, I assume there's always something under the surface. There's always something, and not in a not in a way where they're lying or there's hiddenness, but in a way where there's a spiritual world working that I can't see, and I need the Holy Spirit to reveal and to show me. And so, if someone uh, is in conflict with me, I assume it's the powers of darkness creating that conflict, right? Because it's not the powers of the Holy Spirit, right? There's disunity. There's discord. There may be hatred, enmity, strife. Those things aren't things of the spirit, so they're things of the enemy. And I assume I need to uh, speak against those things. You know, I, I assume that there's just things I, I can't see and I can't know. And so I always want to be in a posture of dependence on God, as if my life depended on it. Why? Because I think my life does depend on it. Because the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. So who's upholding my life? If if I'm living today, it's because the God of the universe, who who is battling in the heavenlies for me against the enemy who's trying to kill, steal, and destroy, is protecting me. It's giving me the breath of life. Right? So there's an awareness there that I want you to have with your identity in Christ, with the spiritual world. That, that uh, there's only a piece of the spectrum that we see. And so your default should actually be that it is spiritual. Because your citizenship is spiritual. And so... Your argument with your spouse, for instance, assume that's spiritual. If you were to stop and pray against the enemy in that, in that, I guarantee you, your argument will go away. One, because you would center yourself on God and his love, and you would stop um, letting, the, letting uh, your emotions of anger or sadness or unforgiveness dictate how you treat each other. I guarantee you, if you're having troubles at work with your boss and you think of it as spiritual and you pray against it and you walk in light and in love, it will change the atmosphere of your workplace. 
your loneliness, your sin, your anxiety, your focus on money. I guarantee you, if you looked at those things as spiritual and, and brought your focus on Christ, who's seated in the heavenlies, and you brought forward awareness, abundance, intimacy, destiny, and authority in Christ, it would change the situation of all those things for the kingdom of God. Because there's so much more that you aren't seeing with the money that you earn. There's so much more that you're not seeing with the loneliness that you feel. There's so much more that you're not seeing with the anxiety that's riddling your heart. And you get to open yourself up to that, to, to Christ, to this awareness and this abundance and this authority in Christ. And so in this passage here, he says in verses 14 through 15, that justice is turned back, that righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the public squares. Guys, remember last time, our armor are things that we can't necessarily see, right? Truth and righteousness and, and, and a peace. And we can see the effects of those things, but we can't actually see peace. Like, what does peace look like? Well, we can, again, we can see the effects of peace. Well, the effects of peace are no more fighting and no more strife, wholeness, right? But, but what does peace actually look like in and of itself? Like, we can't actually see that, right? And so, when he, so he talks about here things that uh, we can't see. So how do you know if it's spiritual warfare? Well, when justice is turned back, when righteousness isn't there, when righteousness is far away, if righteousness isn't in your situation, you're in the middle of spiritual warfare. If justice isn't here, if justice is turned back, you're in spiritual warfare. If truth isn't reigning the day, if it's stumbling in the public square, spiritual warfare. If uprightness cannot enter, spiritual warfare. If truth is lacking, if he who departs from e oh, if truth is lacking, spiritual warfare, because he says, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The enemy wants to attack. Guys, do you think the enemy's concerned about the people sitting on the sidelines? Do you think the enemy's concerned about the people he already has? Those who are lost and unbelievers? They're doing their thing. They're blinded. They're following the ways of this world. They are unbelievers. He already has them. He wants to seek, kill, and destroy us who are actively taking back enemy ground, who are trying to make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples, who make disciples. It's also why you could go to a church and not hear anything about spiritual war warfare, not, not sense anything about spiritual warfare, uh, not, uh, not um, uh, be engaged in spiritual warfare because the church is just sitting on the sidelines because they're complacent, because they're just doing their thing. They're just trying to do church, trying to have their worship services, right? But when you're around a body of people, a group of people, a people of God, who is actively not just defending, but is actively on offense trying to take back enemy ground, then you're in spiritual warfare. We've made ourselves a prey, guys. 
If you want to make disciples who make disciples, you've made yourself a prey. The enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. To devour. Now, that may freak you out. <laughs> that may scare you. But it, well, it should. Uh, but not fear of the enemy. We should have a fear of God in that. Because we actually have a lion that is a roaring lion that is much greater. The lion of Judah. And, and so... That is who you are. That's awareness of your identity in Christ. You get to live in that abundant life. But it's not an easy one, guys. I don't know a single follower of Jesus, someone who is actively trying to be like Jesus and follow him, walk with him, who isn't experiencing some sort of suffering. Like it just, it just happens. Suffer, let me qualify. Suffering for righteousness' sake. We're all experiencing suffering in this world, guys. But are you suffering for righteousness' sake? That's different. Okay? I don't know a single follower of Jesus who isn't suffering for righteousness' sake. And so, um, the enemy is there. We're in this war. We're in this, we're in this battle. But what's amazing here, he says, he says going into verse 16, The Lord saw it. It displeased him that there is no justice. Guys, do you see the injustice around your around your your little world? And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I mean just in your little neck of the woods, right? Your your workplace, your neighborhood, your condo building, your friendships, your relationships. You know, the people on the street around where you live. Do you see the injustice that's there? The Lord sees it. Does it displease you enough to do something about it? That's the question. Does it displease you enough to do something about it? Well, fortunately for us, it does for the Lord. It says, He saw that there is no man and wondered that there is no one to intercede. So then his own arm brought salvation. He moves on our behalf. And then he makes a path. He put on, or he brought us salvation and his righteousness upheld him. And then he put on righteousness as a breastplate. He put on the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. And so according to their deeds, he will repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. And the Lord makes his path. He fights for us. In verse 19, he drives for us. In verse 20, he establishes relationship for us. He says, and a redeemer will come to Zion. To those in Jacob who turn from transgression. Guys, your spiritual warfare, that, an element of spiritual warfare, an element of battling against the enemy is turning from your transgression. Is seeing injustice and doing something about it. Is saying actively no to the enemy and yes to Christ. And he says in verse 21, he says, And as for me, this, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. And so the Lord there is the, the name Yahweh. It's God's personal, intimate name, Yahweh. When you see Lord in all caps in, your, in, in uh, the Old Testament here. And so he says, this is my covenant. He's making a new covenant. He's, he's 
covenanting, he's communing, he's, he's saying, I want to be with you, I want to collaborate with you, I want to be in this with you. Like, I've fought for you, I have been victorious for you, now i am come alongside you to be in this with you. And he gives us authority in that. And so, again, awareness of who we are in Christ, our position in Christ, of the spiritual world, world leads to abundance experiencing our destiny in Christ. Like he's, he's just shown us here, the salvation and righteousness and intercession. As Redeemer, we've been redeemed. And it leads to him giving us authority. So those are your three words again. Awareness, abundance, and authority. Identity, destiny, and influence. And this authority here, he says... In verse 21, my spirit is upon you, and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, or out of the mouth of your offspring, or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord, from this time forth and forevermore. That helmet of salvation that we have, it allows you to operate in the mind of Christ that we just talked about in our, ser- our last series. So it allows you to renounce things, to renounce lies, to renounce curses, to say they, they have no place in my mind, no place in my life, to renounce pronouncements that have been made by you or over you, to renounce vows, to renounce generational sin. Like you said, you can have a new generation by speaking the words of the Lord and only having those come out of your mouth. Your legacy can be made whole, can be made different, can be made of light. And so in in our church, through our three, everyone will have the opportunity to do this hopefully sometime soon, um, because Missy and I have taken our leaders through this, is, so your three leader has done this, is take them through what we call restore. Because every follower of Jesus should be restored into the image of God that's been placed in them. And so restore is, is part of knitting that back together. It's part of restoring that f- the fullness of the image of God that's been corrupted in you through the lies and deceit and pronouncements and vows of the enemy that you've made through trauma that's been done to you, through pronouncements that have been made over you. And you get to work with your R3 leader and saying no to those things and saying, I don't want those things anymore. And you see, guys, I think the problem for us isn't necessarily that we don't see the spiritual world. I think it's that we don't recognize it for the spiritual world. And so when you ask, is that spiritual or is it not spiritual? Is that spiritual warfare? I think we see it all around us. You read about it in the news. You see it on the streets. You experience it in your relationships, at your workplace. But we have a problem recognizing it for what it is. Going below the surface. Recognizing that Below this, this physical manifestation, there's a spiritual and emotional, a mental reality 
Remember, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the principalities and the authorities in the heavenly places, right? This evil that is insipid and has seeped into uh, our flesh. Now we fight against we 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 fight against that thing in our flesh, not necessarily our flesh, right? Which which is a, a small distinction, but remember, God created us good, and then it was corrupted, and so we're fighting against uh, this thing in there that has corrupted us. And so, I want us to I want us to finish today by just declaring some things over us, because like he says here. He's putting words in our mouth that we get to speak over us. And guys, there's something, like if we are to create as God created, if we're to be imitators of, of, of God, if his image is in us as, if, as Genesis 1, 26, 27 says, and then he says in Genesis 1, 28, you're to exercise dominion over this world. And if we've been given that authority, which that's what we're talking about, awareness, abundance, authority, then we can actually create like God creates, by speaking things into existence. And now I'm not saying you're going to like speak a filet mignon right here. I mean, that'd be awesome, right? Like, I would just cut this off and just start eating. Um, but, uh, but you can speak love and joy and shalom and kindness you can speak truth, and that truth will set you free because it replaces the lie. You can say, I'm no longer a slave to that. You can say, I will not fall prey to that sin anymore. And you can declare the truths over you, and it will restore the image of God in you. And so I just want you guys out loud. There's power out loud, right? Um, So I want you to do this out loud in your R3, or if you're by yourself, do this out loud. I want you to just repeat these statements after me. That you can declare this truth over yourself. Because guys, guess what? If the whole world is spiritual, and we declare spiritual truth, the spiritual world has to hear us, has to listen to us. That's kind of a rule in the scriptures when we engage in spiritual battle. And so if the enemy has a grip on you here, they have to let go. They have to. So let's do this. Just repeat this after me. And if you want, you can close your eyes. If you want, you can kneel down. If you want, you can hold your hands out. However you want to do this in surrendering to God and releasing the spirit inside you and, and however you want to do this physically, I encourage you... Um, uh, to have a physical posture that represents what you want done spiritually. Uh, so, um, let's do this. Uh, let's start here, I mean. Okay. May peace reign and rule my heart. May love be my way. I am a child of God. 
The lies of the enemy have no place in my mind. My identity is in Christ. I am free from the bounds of sin and darkness. I am unconditionally loved by the Father. I am a light night. And Father, use us according to your purposes, that we would not stand by idly, but join you in battling against the kingdom of darkness for this world that you so loved in Christ Jesus. And so fill us now with your spirit as we worship, and we do so in spirit and in truth and in your power. In your name, Jesus.